0: Good morning. All right. We're here in Matthew 5, and we will uh, go to verse 19. We're called least in the kingdom of heaven, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same. We're also called great in the kingdom of heaven, those who does and teaches God's commands. So as a leader, I'm called not only to obey God's laws, but also to teach others to obey them. And it's a warning for me as a leader to be aware of myself and others who tries to relax any of God's commands.
1: Verse 20 says how do you, um, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and pharisees, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. So I was thinking how do you exceed the righteousness of the pharisees? Is Jesus telling me to do the impossible? But this seems to be his thesis for the rest of the chapter as he goes through line by line all of these laws. So as a reference to the pharisees, the pharisees is apostle Paul. Um, who is an example that gives us a list of his credentials in Philippians 3. He's an example of being the best of the Pharisees. And what does he conclude in Philippians 3? He says, "Um, Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that is which through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So the righteousness that Jesus seems to be talking about here is through him. Belief in him will be the fulfillment of the law, as he says earlier in verse 19. It seems to be an inner transformation through faith in Jesus Christ that he is talking about.
0: So in verse 21 and 22, it talks about murder and anger, both murder and anger, you are liable to judgment. Today in Matthew five, it brought me back to my freshman year in college when uh, God really convicted me of my sinfulness uh, for the first time. And I saw myself clearly from this passage and from Mark chapter seven, verse 21 and 22, where it says from within out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, and so on. And all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. And I recognize that I I was that Pharisee that compared myself to others and thought that I was a pretty good person and not like the other tax collectors and sinners. But it was through these passages that I saw myself clearly and saw that God's law focuses, Uh, not on the outside, but what is inside of me. and what's inside of me is all of these things listed here. Who is not guilty of any of these things? And I had to admit what is true about me. What is inside is anger, lust, lovelessness. Therefore, I am a murderer, adulterer, and I hated those who hurt me.
1: So Jesus seems to get directly to the source of what is at the root of all human strife, personal, relational, societal sins. And he also gives us very concrete actions. This time around, when I was looking at all of these verses, I was kind of thankful for all the very specific and concrete advice Jesus gives for us to obey, such as reconciling with your brother or loving your enemy or cutting off things. He's very realistic, and it shows me a way that, it shows me that spiritual formation is very specific.
0: Yeah, let's go to verse 30, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. And it goes on, and we read from the commentary that Jesus uses a hyperbole to make a point. Not that we should maim ourselves, right, but that we should be willing to take drastic actions to fight against temptation. So whatever causes us to sin. So the question I had to ask myself is, what drastic action and measures have I taken to cut away or put up guardrails to protect myself from the temptations that come my way? Uh, There's covenant eyes and... There's different things I've put into place in my life that protects me from the temptations that are out there. I've been talking to some brothers who struggle in this area of purity, but they don't take measures with their devices or with the internet. And this is just a reminder that the struggle to obey is very specific and actionable. So what kind of action, drastic action have we taken?
1: Just to conclude, bookending all of this, verse 48, he, Jesus says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So there are many reference verses towards this word perfect, and it refers to being mature or complete in Christ. And although I knew this before, that it never meant total perfection, I still used to feel like this verse is a bit demanding or a little pressure. But this time around, I saw this more and more in a very loving, invitational way that someone totally higher and other is wanting us to become like him. And it is a very fatherly heart, just like in our mentorship programs, we want the ninth grade, lazy, insecure, bad at school boy to get to where some of us are. And it seems virtually impossible, but we desire this kid to mature and to grow and understand richness of relationships and a relationship with God that we know a better way. So it says your heavenly father, and it's a very loving invitation, to struggle to obey all of Jesus's commands and in so doing mature internally and yeah grow and to be mature in Christ okay have a good day
0: okay have a great day guys bye